0: Hello again and welcome to episode 19 of the Three Lions Podcast. My name's Russell Osborne. You're probably thinking there's not a great deal happened since we last spoke. The senior men, well, they've been back in Premier League action. But the Lionesses have had World Cup qualifiers. We look back on those. Plus, there's news on our young Lions. We talk with England blogger Dom Smith, writer of EnglandFootball.org. And, of course, we remember Ray Wilkins. Let's start with the ladies. So following on from the She Believes Cup last month, the Lionesses were back in action. Friday the 6th of April, England nil, Wales nil in a 2019 FIFA World Cup qualifier. 25,000 people packed out St Mary's Stadium in Southampton. Wales, who at the time were currently top of Group A with England in second place. And they really should have taken the lead in the ninth minute when a shot kept out by right-back Lucy Bronze on the line. Television replays were inconclusive as to whether it crossed the line. my opinion, it actually did. Some would argue that goal line technology should be available, especially as it was played at a Premier League ground. But I would imagine that all games in the competition have to be played with similar available facilities. Now I doubt Moldova, who on the same night faced Italy, had access to that. That would be my opinion anyway. Jordan Nobbs hit the bar from way out in the first half with a cracking effort and Frank Kirby had a drive-in shot in the second half, tipped over the bar by the Welsh keeper who incidentally had a great night. So it ended 0-0, Wales clearly the happier of the two teams. First time apparently they'd taken any points away from England. Now the other talking point of the game With nine minutes left, you've probably seen this, Phil Neville entered the field of of play to assist Welsh number nine, Kayleigh Green, who'd gone down with cramp, literally just outside of his technical area. Neville stepped in to help, I'm guessing it was the pro in him, as fellow players often do, and he was ordered off by pitch by the fourth official and the referee. Jobsworth, maybe. Technically, yes, he shouldn't have entered the playing area, but come on, the, uh, the Welsh medical team you may have seen weren't exactly hurrying to our aid. I just think it was the, the professional in Phil Neville coming out. I'll always try and see it from both sides, but I don't think Phil was doing any harm in this instance. A few days later, Tuesday the 10th of April, England travelled to Bosnia and Herzegovina for again another 2019 FIFA World Cup qualifier. Zenica was the destination. Aside, they'd actually beaten 4-0 in November of last year. Phil Neville shuffled his pack, making five changes from the Wales game. In came Alex Greenwood, Jade Moore, Isabel Christiansen, Melissa Lawley and Ellen White. As he predicted, Bosnia parked the bus and made it hard for England, who reduced to long-range efforts in the first half. second half saw England go down to 10 when Greenwood was sent off, for supposedly diving in the penalty area. Television replays again, a bit inconclusive, but did seem a little harsh on the highlights that I saw. England persisted, and eventually Barcelona striker Tony Duggan stretched home. Bosnia also reduced to 10. Then Jody Taylor, who replaced Duggan, scored from the spot deep into injury time. And that result saw England take four points from potential six and move top of Group a total contrast in regards to the surroundings, from a packed St Mary's Stadium to what looked like a training pitch in Zeneca. Three open sides, nothing behind either goal and on the far touchline, just a netting that you could see through that went towards what looked like another training pitch. But all in all, a successful few days for the Lionesses, so well done to them. Moving down the women's age groups, the women's under-20s World Cup in France has been drawn and takes place in the Brittany region of France between the 5th and 24th of August. England been drawn in Group B alongside current holders, North Korea, Mexico and Brazil. I have to be honest, I'm not so clued up on the quality of this age group of women's football, so I'm not sure how we'll fare, but we've got a little while until we uh, we encounter that tournament and we'll cover it nearer the time. Sadly, the under-19s didn't fare so well, losing 3-2 to Germany meant that they missed out on a place in the under-19s European Championships. And dropping down a couple more years, the under-17s women qualified for the under-17s European Finals in Lithuania, this following a 2-0 win in Norway. The tournament takes place between the 9th and 21st of May, and the girls have been drawn in Group B, alongside Poland, Spain and Italy. Moving over to the lads, the Young Lions. Uh, again, the under-17s. This, the UEFA under-17 championships, takes place here in England between the 4th and 20th of May. And England have been drawn in Group A against Switzerland, Italy and Israel. They play Israel at Chesterfield on the 4th of May. Italy at Walsall on the 7th of May and Switzerland at Rotherham United on the 10th of May. There are other games taking place in the tournament uh, at grounds such as Burton Albions, uh, Loughborough and also St George's Park. This tournament is available to the public. Tickets are available and they're through the FA's website. £4 for adults, £2 for children. Now if you're in the area in this area at this time, the 4th to 20th of May. This sounds like a great event to go to. If you go in, do drop us a line. Tell us how it is. This is cheap. £4 for adults, £2 for children. Get a burger and a programme as well. you can probably have a day out for £15, I would imagine. And you can see the players of the future. And hopefully the youngsters can add to last year's trophy haul. Following on from the two senior games last month, some things that I noticed and I was frustrated by the fact that Jack Wilshire played in the Arsenal game against Stoke after pulling out of the England games, as did Ryan Bertrand. Harry Kane came on with 74 minutes gone for Spurs against Chelsea and I often wonder how much club influence is there when it comes to friendlies. Would they have pulled out had they have been actual qualifiers? Adam Lallana had an injury scare in Liverpool's game at Crystal Palace. Initial reports were that he'd be out for some time, but I think it's safe to say he'll be be back uh, in time for World Cup selection. Now, if you're an England travel club member, you may have seen that there are some fan forums being held in anticipation of those going to Russia. Obviously, there are various political issues going on regarding Russia, but until anything is clarified, we'll carry on as normal. This is an opportunity to get updated with the latest advice as well as an opportunity to pose questions to England manager Gareth Southgate, no less. And these are taking place at Warsaw's Bank Stadium on the 17th of April and Leeds Elland Road on the 8th of May. By the time you listen to this, I'm guessing Warsaw may have been and gone. But if you fancy going to Leeds, just drop the England Supporters Club a line. This is for travel club members only. I am hoping to get to one of them, so maybe I'll catch up with you if you are there, come over, say hello, don't be shy, we can get some comments from you for a future recording. Watch this space. Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast. Dom Smith, he's uh, an England football blogger and I guess curator of the englandfootball.org, a website that has been been reviewing England senior matches from, I believe, 2014 and also given an in-depth analysis on the current crop of players hoping to go to Russia in the summer. Dom?
1: Yep, hello. I've been doing it since 2014, obviously, um, but actually a little bit before that. It was, um, I don't know if you... Would recall uh, a three-two defeat to Holland under Stuart Pearce in twenty twelve. Stuart Pearce is
0: only was that his only game in charge.
1: Yes, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So that was the first one I did a report on, but I was only eleven then, so that was a little bit uh, amateurish, let's say. About well, about a hundred words, which isn't very much. <laughs> well,
0: this was what I was I was going to mention. Well, I, I didn't know whether to mention it or not. You, you're only seventeen, aren't you?
1: you? Yes, I am. Yeah.
0: And your, your first one was when you were 11. What, what got you into doing, doing reports or, or yeah. in England?
1: OK, well, I've always um, uh, taken an interest in English. I've, I, I really enjoy writing. And obviously, being a football fan as well, it, it's, it, I don't think of it as a task, really. And I never really did. I got sort of a chore to write about football. Uh, so I started when I was uh, 11 Uh, And I've done every match since then, every England match, which I think is almost 70. It might be more than 70 now. Uh, Yeah, which I I really enjoy. And they've uh, gradually got better, I hope. (laughs) And yeah, really enjoy it. I've obviously got some other articles mixed in between, which aren't match reports. But no, I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, so that's when it started, 2012.
0: 2012, quite a while ago. Do you know I'm trying to think? Well, 2012 was um, the Euros year, wasn't it, in Ukraine? Yep. So yep. Stuart Pearce's um, game then, was, was that before? Was that Or was that after? I'm, I can't think, off the top of my head.
1: That was two, uh, three games before. So we played Holland and lost at Wembley. And then we got Roy Hodgson uh, one or two months before the tournament. We played Norway and beat them, Belgium and beat them, and then went to the Euros.
0: Your knowledge is great. It's far better than mine. I've got a memory like a sieve. <laughs> um, So you watch, I'm guessing you, you were 11 years old. What, did you go to the game or, or did you watch it at home?
1: No, I don't, I don't go to too many England games, but I have been to a few. I've been to, I think it's five, all at Wembley because um, it can be, you know, I, I would never, ever miss an England game, but it doesn't mean that I can get to all of them. Uh, yeah. So my first one was in 2013 when we beat Montenegro 4-1, and Andros Townsend scored a peach. Um, and then, yeah, been four times since then, uh, trying to think, Estonia, Peru, Germany and Slovakia.
0: So when, you, when you're doing your reports, mm. um, or do you call them reports? Or is that yeah, you... I call,
1: yeah, I call them reports, yeah.
0: yeah. When you've been to those games, do you sit with a pen and paper or do you tap notes onto your phone or, or have you just got a, a great memory?
1: Um, I don't write anything during the game. I tried that once once for that uh, that game where Zlatan scored four. It, it didn't go too well writing, writing uh, it as the game was going. I wait till sort of midday at the, at the earliest on the following day. And by then there are a few uh, videos up either on YouTube or on the FA website, or if it's a, a World Cup or Euros game, then on the BBC website, and then I use those. Sometimes I dip in and out of the ITV highlights, but uh, really, I've got a general idea watching the game what will get in and what won't.
0: Because they they are fairly in depth, aren't they? You you do go in depth, and it's it's a, a very mature article. I think is a fair. Oh,
1: episode. thank you. Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't just talk about the the goals, which is what quite a lot of um, like tabloid newspapers would do. Maybe I. Yeah, I, I would talk about the squad, um, any any facts and figures which I think are important and ultimately um, chances which didn't go in, which is something that not uh, not all newspapers um, or bloggers would talk about. But I, I certainly think that, that that's an important part of a match.
0: I guess because you, you've got your own space, um, you can fill as much as you want, I guess, with um, newspapers. They can only have a, a certain amount of space as well, but it certainly does bring the game back to the back to memory or bring it to life when you read your articles because they are they are very in depth and as you say mention some of the, the missed chances, shall we say. Mm. Yes. What, what I mean, you said that the tabloids as well, is um, is newspaper journalism something that you sort of aspire to? Is it something that takes
1: your fancy? Uh, it's definitely one of the maybe two or three jobs which i would certainly consider a profession in whether it be sports journalism or political journalism or something to do with correspondency. i'd love that um but yeah we'll we'll carry on with the blog at the moment and probably well into university and see if it ever stops
0: <laughs> well i think if you've done 70 plus matches at the moment you're uh you've got to get to that 100 mark and then see how you keep yeah. going
1: uh, well, I definitely want to continue it. Um, I mean, I've, I've already uh, amassed viewers from places which you probably wouldn't believe and I can't believe. Hong Kong, Ethiopia, really? Kazakhstan. Yeah. Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Myanmar, uh, Cuba and the UAE. Really? Uh, they're, not are, even,
0: they're not even nations that we've played. Well, Kazakhstan we played a, a little while ago. Yeah. None of um, the rest
1: of them, I don't think.
0: Oh, perhaps expats, maybe. To, uh, yeah who, uh, I, potentially yeah yeah I mean, that's exciting know, though isn't it oh yeah i mean how many do you know your sort of readership
1: uh yeah i think i think uh it's getting there it's it's not it's not let's say big yet uh every day ranges from around sort of two or three viewers to about 75 so yeah, that that's sort of daily so so it's, it's got the ability to expand let's say but but it, it is getting there
0: and is it? It's just the senior, The England seniors that you you concentrate on. Uh,
1: well, predominantly, yeah, because um, that's uh, that was it's the most readily available team, um, England team, and so that's the one that I follow. But I'm I'm massive England women's fan. I know all of the players. Love watching them. Uh, the youth teams. Um, I know a lot of them. I'd give a shout out to to my mum actually, who taught Dominic Solanke at a primary school. Really, which is quite cool. Yeah okay um,
0: well we need to tap your mum up in the, yeah. <laughs> in the in the sort of the nicest possible way if we can uh we can get Dominic on
1: yeah yeah but um, I'm not sure she's got the links anymore no. but uh but yeah no that's really cool so I've got one post which is I think called uh 2017 year of the lion and that talks about uh the pretty extraordinary year of, of last year and all the youth teams and women so Obviously, it's mainly the senior team, but if there's something remarkable which one of the other teams do does, does, then I will certainly include it.
0: Well, we've uh, the, this podcast. We've looked back on the the Lionesses' their last two games, uh, World Cup qualifiers. Did you see those?
1: Yeah, I um, I didn't see the Wales game, and uh, probably a good thing actually because that was a bit a bit of a drub draw. But uh, mm. watched the uh, was it Bosnia Herzegovina? Is Bosnia-Herzegovina?
0: that right? That's right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, watch that game which was again a bit a little bit um kind of tentative and slow but it's it's very difficult when they when a team banks in like that against you and i thought we we definitely deserved to win we were in charge of that one
0: i agree um and what's what's your thoughts on on phil neville
1: phil neville as a manager i think well it's interesting uh his time was he valencia
0: manager is that right or he did spend a bit of time at valencia didn't he yes
1: yeah, uh, so that didn't go too well. Um, but yeah, I think he's made a, a pretty steady start. Obviously, beating France 4 1 in his first game, that's definitely not steady. That's very, very impressive. But uh, since then, it's kind of slowed down a bit. And it, but it takes a while, doesn't it? Mark Sampson, for all of the controversy, was a great, great manager and bought some th- real thrashings of, of, of little teams over the years and some big wins in competition. So hopefully, Never can do that too.
0: Yeah. Well, moving on from the lionesses to to the seniors, which you you do you do prefer to write about it, um, Gareth Southgate and and the forthcoming World Cup and the the England team. What what are your thoughts? Where where do we start?
1: I think we start with uh, Gareth Southgate, the man, and I think he's uh, a great person to take us forward. I think. To say twenty years might be a bit of an exaggeration, but certainly I'd like to see him in for the next decade because it's really important to have that stability. Um, I think you know he's 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 got young. He he is young. He's got fresh ideas. Three at the back, I think, has has worked a gem so far for us, um, and especially aspiring to use uh, more attacking defenders. Um, we all know that attack is the best way to defend. Uh, is that the other way around? No, no that, that, is, that is right. <laughs> Yeah, so um no I I really like what he's done. Um obviously we're at the World Cup and that's all he could be asked to do so uh, as to this point, but we'll have to see how far we go in the tournament. But no, I'm really liking it. I think there's some really, really good players back in the England team. I really quite quite like Alex oxlade Chamberlain. Lingard is a very clever player. I think we've got a got a chance to make the quarterfinals and put away that statistic of not having one and the uh, knockout game since 2006 which I think is an awful record
0: that's right yeah was that, was that against uh, I wouldn't say Colombia but I think that was a I think that was a qualifying a, a group game it but could yes. have been
1: Ecuador was, I was think
0: it, South American we'll agree that they were South American
1: yes and they played in <laughs> yellow yeah
0: yes there we go I think you're right I think it was Ecuador Um if So you you think we can go to the quarterfinals? I think that's a general consensus, isn't it, of Mm. uh, the nation that we can get to the quarterfinals?
1: Yeah, I think um, if you looked at France's game against Colombia recently, where they were 2-0 up and lost 3-2 in a friendly, I think um, that speaks volumes about uh, potentially it's going to be Colombia or or Poland that we would play in the second round. Mm. And um, I think both of those are very attacking teams that are lacking definitely in the defensive point of view but gareth southgate is quite like to play our holding midfielders as being quite defensive dyer and henderson that's why i don't think um jack wilshire will get a lot of game time in the next few months and years because he does leave you quite open at the back and um certainly being defensive against teams like columbia and poland who've got great attacks is is very important so i think if we were to play them, the reason why we'd most likely knock Poland or Colombia out is is that they wouldn't be able to deal with our defence, and that's something that we could never really say in the past. But I do think we've got a, a good, solid defence at the moment.
0: Yeah, you, you've said about the defence, and I know I did see your latest blog post um, going about the the midfield, wasn't it? Mm. What are your thoughts on the the midfield? Uh,
1: so I think that's actually the most exciting uh, position. I think we've we've had our debates and and considered goalkeepers for ages and i think jordan pickford and jack Butler will be the men but um just stopping there just sticking
0: with goalkeepers would you take joe hart
1: uh i really really like nick pope but i would take joe hart and i would not leave nick pope out of the england fold forever i would definitely bring him in when the qualifiers begin after the world cup but certainly bring joe hart because he played excellently against chelsea and because for for all of his failings in games, he has a lot of potential, and that's something that you need to be considering.
0: I think as well his seventy five caps and hmm. what is yep. it eight eight years worth of experience. Um, yeah, eight
1: years. Yeah, a in, lot of a long of time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's with the time, I believe, within the squad, um, not just playing games, but outside of the games in in rest time. Um, younger players who who may not. Know what to do between games. Um, Joe Hart has been there um, and can be someone that that can just give a a helping hand to. Um, So I think that's the reason why we should take Joe Hart. Well, he may not take, he may not play, um, but then as as something else I was thinking about, if you go back to 2010 um, when we had our first game against America, Rob Green had a howler. Um, and we needed someone with experience to come in, and that person was, was David James. Um, so you always need, I think, someone with that experience. Yep, definitely. Um, go on, let's get back to the midfield.
1: Uh, midfield, I think we're pretty settled on uh, attacking midfield. I think we're talking about holding midfield, defensive midfield, whatever you want to call it. So um, I think uh, my family, I have to say this, are not particularly Jordan Henderson fans. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but. Um, it's, it's an opinion based. So- sideways and yeah sideways and backwards passing is his is his usual choice but um something i would say is that he 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 is capable of these of these long passes which can which you definitely need when you're playing lesser opposition panama and and tunisia i'm looking at here Mm. um so henderson should go because um Uh, because of his experience and the fact and and you see how passionate he is when he plays for Liverpool Dyer will go and that's quite right because he can play in three positions because he's got a wealth of experience at England youth level which actually people might not know because he spent a time um, a little time in Portugal Um, but yeah a lot of experience Eric Dyer definitely um, should go Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is our attacking um, option in that position he's definitely reverted to defensive midfield from right wing and and it's done him the world of good. I am a big John Joe Shelby fan, just like I'm a big Andros Townsend fan, but Andros Townsend will not travel. Mm. Uh, John Joe Shelby could do, hasn't had a lot of England experience recently.
0: No. uh, Do you you think it's a bit too late for him?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I think I wouldn't be wholly surprised if he gets included, but um, I think it might be a bit too late. And his temper, as I've mentioned on my recent blog post is quite a, a worry i think
0: and how about adam lallana if fit would you would you take adam lallana
1: no i wouldn't take adam lallana he's uh, on occasions he's been england's best player in, in matches but just like with Nathan- nathaniel klein l- let these players get back to their uh, to fitness l- let's forget about the world cup and let's have them back brimming with confidence and fitness more importantly for the qualifiers and the friendlies afterwards you, you know you you don't need them at the World Cup. We've got enough quality. Let's just keep them at home and, and make sure that they're fit and ready for afterwards.
0: And you, you mentioned earlier about um, obviously the, the crop of players from last year, um, the, the winning teams. Lewis Cook from Bournemouth has been one of the, he was, of course, the captain um, of the, the under-20s World Cup winners. Would you take him? Would you take Lewis Cook?
1: Personally, I wouldn't take Lewis Cook because th- these under-20 players and a few under-21 players, th- these are all players that you need to be considering are after the World Cup. Solanke, Abraham, Cook would be included, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, even Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's had more experience than most of that I've just said there. I-, I-, I don't think these are players that need to go to the World Cup. Um, and actually, their future England careers could be, not in jeopardy, but... Um, uh, th- things could go wrong for them if they do go. Because uh, as we've seen before with Theo Walcott, etc., he didn't go on to be the player that we expected. And uh-huh. actually taking someone too early could be detrimental, I think.
0: You think he could be a, a, maybe a knock of confidence if it doesn't go right?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: yeah, um, go on and whilst, whilst we're looking at the team, who, who would your forwards be? I'm thinking we'd take four forwards. What, to the World Cup, sorry? To the World Cup, yes.
1: Yeah, I think, well... Uh, I was actually looking at my who I would bring today, actually. Okay. Uh, I would be pretty settled on Welbeck, Kane, uh, Vardy, Rashford. And if you want to include Raheem Sterling, then let's put him there as well. Okay,
0: yeah. I've, I think we've all, all got a fairly similar um, yeah. outlook on... I think we, we know what the, the main bulk of the squad will be. Uh, mm. It's just going to be a few, uh, I guess, fringe players will yeah. be the, uh, the term that, that um, Gareth will take. Yeah, and and can people contact you through the the website if they want to, or, uh, or are you yep. accessible anywhere else?
1: Yep, they can comment uh, pretty easily on, on any post or on the overall blog, and then uh, if anyone wanted to email me, then that would be on dom seven smith four at gmail com. We'll put a a link to um,
0: the website on on the Facebook and the Twitter page. I know you post regularly on there, which we yeah, thank you for doing that and can continue to do so because um, it's always great and we can. Spread those, spread those reports out. That would be that'd be great. Yep. I, think, I think they're really, really worthwhile reading. All right, Dom, thank you very much for joining us on the, the Three Lions podcast. Once again, that, that website is... englandfootball.org. Okay, well, as I say, we'll put a link to that. We wish you all the very best with, uh, with those articles and reports going forward. Um,
1: yeah, and, and maybe we'll speak again in the future. I would love that. Thank you very much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Bye-bye. So, sad news, as you've no doubt heard. The passing of all-round football good guy, Ray Wilkins. He had a career that involved time with Chelsea, Manchester United... AC Milan and QPR amongst others. His time at each has been well documented in various places. But here, let's take a look back on his time with England. Capped 84 times and was captain on 10 occasions. He scored three times, including an absolute stunner against Belgium during the European Championships of 1980. Uh, If you haven't seen that, I urge you to seek it out. YouTube, place to go. Now, Ray made his England debut in the Bicentennial Tournament against Italy in New York City, May 1976. As I say, he scored three goals in England colours, and his first came against Austria in a 4-3 defeat in 1979. Wilkins, played for Brooklyn. Paid in for Trevor Francis now, looking to get the cross in. paid it instead for Koppel, and now for Barnes, didn't get a shot in, but Wilkins has! And it's 3-3. Beautifully made England goal. Ray Wilkins, the scorer, with a really blinding right-foot shot. And from 3-1 down just before half-time, England have got back to 3-3. And this is a shot coming up now from Ray Wilkins. Hit superbly, made just a glance off Petside. And beyond concilia into the back of the Austrian net. 3-3. As I say, he scored his second goal against Belgium in the 1980 European Championship, but his third and final goal came against Northern Ireland, and he put past Pat Jennings. Watson, blocked by Nelson Wilkins, and it got a deflection, and Ray Wilkins will certainly claim the goal. The first one he scored for anybody since he scored for England against Belgium in the European Championships of 1980. Out by Nelson and Wilkins again off Nelson and past Pat Jennings. Known by many as Butch a nickname given to him during his early days at Chelsea where he'd wear outlandish and garish clothes he was also harshly nicknamed by some as The Crab for his sideways passes. they passed away following a cardiac arrest in his home, whilst I believe, unrelated, he had struggled in the past with alcohol. On the pitch, he had the misfortune to be the first England player to be sent off during a World Cup game against Morocco in 1986, after throwing the ball at the referee. I'm sure we'll come over on the right I have to cut you short there David, because Ray Wilkins has been sent off. His second bookable offence, and it's problems upon problems for England. An extraordinary lapse from a very experienced player. There was just a little dispute with the decision on the far side. And Ray Wilkins, who's been such a responsible influence for almost 10 years now in the England setup, Spoken highly of by his peers, Gareth Southgate said... Ray was a great ambassador for the game, a proud Englishman who loved playing for his country. Terry Butcher, who played alongside him for England, said, Words can't describe how much light and fun and laughter he brought to football. He mixed with the fans and he loved having a laugh. He never called me Terry, he always called me Big Stuff, and he called everyone else Geezer. His energy and brightness would light up any room. Peter Shilton, another international teammate. Said he was devastated by the news of Wilkins' death. He loved football. He was a connoisseur of the game. He was articulate and was a leader on and off the pitch, he said. He was a great lad, Ray. I personally don't remember his England days, but remember his name coming up often on grandstand whilst he was playing in Scotland for Rangers, whilst they were dominating there. He then moved to QPR and spent five, six years there. I always seemed to, uh, to get him in my Panini stickers too. But even then, after his England time, I saw how good a player he was. He was also England under-21 assistant to Peter Taylor between 2004 and 2007. He'd often be a co-commentator uh, on ITV football. And there's a certain game which we mentioned in the in a recent podcast, England against Holland in Rotterdam. Seek that one out on YouTube for uh, for one of Ray's comments that appeared off-camera. <laughs> His lighter side though did come out when he appeared as a voiceover for the Tango advert.
1: Hello, Chawny, I think we might use a video replay here. Super Ralph, let's do that. (laughs) Yes, Ralph, the big orange fellow running from the left, and he gives him a good old slapping. Yes, Ralph, super taste sensation. Smashing drink. Lovely. You know where you've
0: been tangoed. That's Ray Wilkins, who passed away aged sixty-one. There we go, and you thought not a lot had happened since we last spoke. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Dom Smith. Take a look at his site, englandfootball.org. I'm sure you'll be impressed. I'll put a link to that on the Facebook and Twitter pages, which incidentally is also where you can interact should you want to. You can hear us on iTunes, Spotify, or also on SoundCloud, whichever takes your fancy. If you have a moment, please do leave a review. Be most kind, just a few words. In the meantime... Take care. I'll catch you next time.
1: That's Ralph, the big orange fellow running from the left, and he gives him a good old slapping.